Hi, Ted. Hey, what's up, Grayson? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just gonna do a little recording of a podcast. Uh, Ooh. hello, hello, listener. Welcome back to uh the Boot and Hearth podcast with uh the esteemed Ted Shearer, and then uh just a little old Grayson Nelson. Um, trivia, trivia master, Grayson. Trivia Nelson. master, yes. <laughs> New title. Got it on my driver's license. I actually just changed my name kind of like mclovin it's just one word it's just trivia master yeah that's pretty cool no space no hyphen they let you they let you do that i in hawaii oh out of the back of a car then yeah nice nice i'm surprised they didn't need that much information i thought the dmv (laughs) was usually a bit harder than that but no turns out you just have to go to the go to the mobile DMVs, you know the ones that just have DMV painted on the side of the white van. And I've seen to go. those. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah, handed out yeah. to you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. cool. Uh, well, uh, we are not here to uh, debate um, getting fake IDs. We are here to talk the Premier League and everything about it. We've got a ton on the agenda. We're going to be throwing out a lot of a lot of numbers, a lot of money talk. Uh, this pod. When we're referring to any of the money amounts, it's going to be in euros, um, not pounds or or dollars. So if we mess it up, just keep in mind that we are sticking to euros through this whole thing. We're also getting into a bit of of the relegation scrap. Do we feel as confident about our picks as we did uh, going into the season? Um, What do we think this scrap is going to look like for for those lower-level European spots? And then we're just going to dump on Chelsea for a solid hour, I think. We're just going absolute, to we'll absolutely shit on Chelsea. Honestly, we can run through the rest. We could just make it a Chelsea podcast. I'm yeah, we just want to get rid of the agenda and just talk about yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, um, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just let's just get rolling with it. Um, Matt Turner um, of U.S. men's national team fame also plays for a team in England called Nottingham Forest, but who really cares about that? Yeah, that's uh, not Matt important. Turner gets his first Premier League win as a starter. Amazing. Yeah, Love good job. Good job for Matt. Two, two really good saves. Um, so good to see it. But uh, both uh, both teams looked uh, looked pretty sketchy in this game. Not gonna lie. Sheffield United had a lot of the possession in this game. I don't think they finished with all of the possession like with the majority of the possession but i know at points in that game they had 60 percent and i'm kind of wondering do you think nottingham forest is going to end up with uh maybe a little bit of a relegation scrap uh in the mix so they won not forest won but it was not yeah forest finished with 49 percent possession here so i so i didn't see this game i watched some of the highlights um that being said i don't really feel like any team changed my mind in terms of their standing in relegation prospect um i will say the only thing that maybe shifted the needle a little bit was how bad everton looked uh but we'll get to that later yes but uh but yeah i think i think nottingham forest uh Taiwo Awani uh, of of uh, Liverpool fame with a goal. He's got six goals in six games um, in the Premier League. So I'm hoping he can, and that's over two seasons. So that's I mean two goals in two games is 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 good if he can keep that up because I I think and we'll get into this state and and I think there's a theme over the next three teams that we're going to talk about, but I think goals are a big problem this year at the bottom of the table and i think it is not going to be how well you defend but how well can you take your chances and i think nottingham forest looks sketchy in this game but they they've gotten their goals and i think taiwo awani can get goals through through the game i think morgan gibbs white can as well i think forest will be fine i think you're looking through liverpool tinted glasses right now no i am not no, I'm not. I think you are, man. No, I think you are. No, I'm not because we're moving on to Wolves. And Wolves got smacked yeah. this weekend. Sorry, Gary. 
sorry, Gary. Uh, got absolutely smacked this weekend um, against Brighton, 4-1. And their main striker is essentially going to be a prospect, Fabio Silva, who um, is really highly rated, but hasn't like was on loan at Anderlecht in, in Belgium last year. Uh, was on loan in, in um, Portugal the year before that. I just, I like, they're going to struggle for goals. And another team that's going to struggle for goals is Everton. I mean, Everton, another, Everton looked way worse than Wolves did. So bad. They looked so horrible. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin goes out with a horrible cheek injury. Did you see the pictures of it? I didn't see the pictures, but I, I, I heard it was bad, and I saw that he went out. It was like, what, the 23rd minute, maybe? Something around there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, typical Dom. Yeah, let me bring up this third team, and then I want to get your kind of opinion on the overall, these three teams, sure. and if, if you think any of them are. So the third team, the third dark horse that I want to bring up here is, or the third team that I want to bring up that is a bit of a dark horse is Fulham. Fulham have sold Alexander Mitrovic, didn't have anyone else to come in or haven't brought in anyone else to fill that striker position. They're relying on Carlos Vinicius, who was not that good (laughs) last year. Tottenham legend? I don't see it changing a lot. Yeah, Tottenham legend. (laughs) Um, And so I think these three teams are going to struggle for goals. I'm just curious, on out of the three of them, which ones do you think are most likely to get relegated? You know, do you you see all three of them in a relegation fight or what? Oh, I definitely think they're all going to be around the bottom. Um, I think relegation this season is going to be it's going to it's going to be two spots that are being fought over, essentially. Um, I think Luton Luton's guaranteed one of them. Whoa, yeah, Luton are in 17th right now. Okay, they're in 17th right now. I don't care, man. I does not. It does not sway me. This is slander. They've only played <laughs> one game, but I don't care. You got. This is the way I see it. I see you got Sheffield, you got Bournemouth, you got Wolves, and you got Everton. In terms of teams, I see strongly circling the drain. I think Wolves probably struggle to score. Mm, I'll take it back. No, I think Everton probably struggles the most to score goals, assuming Dominic Calvert-Lewin is out as much as he was last season. Um, I think Wolves probably comes in second there. And and say what you will about Carlos Vinicius, but but the man the man can score a goal. Okay, so well, and they that's, still that's have a solid back line of Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream. So uh, Tim Ream. Well, Fulham, Fulham, I don't think they're going to do as well as they did last year, for sure. No. I don't think they're getting relegated, though. Everton are in serious bad trouble. Because Real bad. they scraped out by the skin of their teeth. That's the saying, right? By the skin of their teeth? Yeah, it is. Yeah, by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, you got it. Doesn't really make sense, does it? There's no skin on your teeth. There's no skin on your teeth, which is maybe why it's the skin of your teeth. Because it's like... There is no skin there, so like it's. A Are we doing a cliche segment? I don't. Segment? Know, I don't. Know. Anyway, <laughs> um, I missed that pot. I've been I've been fiending for it the last two weeks. I don't. Know I where was it just is. thinking about the yesterday. Yeah, yesterday on my way home, I was like, man, where is it? When is it coming out? I, I've been looking at Adam Hurry's feed, like waiting for him to say something about it. Nothing's been said. I was googling earlier what's it's happened so to football upsetting. cliches. Check out football cliches if anyone is listening. Check out football cliches. Great pod. Fantastic light pod. Yeah. Everton finished with like the second lowest goal. Goal. It came down to the last last day. It came down to the last day day in a screamer from Abdullah Dekure. Yep. They've gotten worse this year than what they were last year. They aren't like, they didn't stay the same. No, they lost people. And have not brought in well to replace. Did they bring? So who they, did they bring it. I can't even remember. Did they bring in anybody? I, I they're, they're tied up in some FFP problems, aren't they? I can tell you in a second, but um, they are tied up in um, FFP problems. But yeah, I think I think they. So they might be bringing in. 
uh, Che Adams from Southampton. If they bring in Che Adams from South, oh, yeah. So they brought in um, they brought in um, Yusuf Chermidi from uh, Sporting uh, Liz- or Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, they brought in Arnaut Danjuma as well. Oh, Danjuma, another Tottenham legend. Yeah, um, <laughs> which Danjuma was playing up top. Um, uh, they also brought in Jack Harrison as well, which, I mean, great signings, but... Is it enough? Probably not. Is it enough? You know, yeah, exactly. Like, these these are great winging, op- like, like winger options, but unless Tremiti can start banging them in he's the only like striker striker out of the out of the out of the group of the people that i just listed i don't know but i like wolves looked really good against man united but after that man U game and we'll get into tottenham and man U in a bit after that you're like oh wolves could be on to something this year there but after the man U game i feel like that it, it- my man you i think everybody overhyped man you and, and yeah w- like like you said we'll get into it more later but yeah it's becoming clear that maybe that was just man you not being good yeah and like it's two extremes uh uh capitulating man you in a in a clinical brighton um it's it's two ends brighton of the spectrum but... looked in, in in great form yeah yeah let's get into that because because i th- i I don't think we're going to solve anything. Uh, we'll see with Wolves. I think Fulham are probably good. But I watch that space on Wolves because I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Brighton, Brighton are going to win the league. <laughs> Brighton are going to win the league. <laughs> I, I think we just, we just accept that there are new overlords. Um, they've got Tony Bloom oil money. I don't even know where he gets his money, but yeah, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. Brighton are going to win the league. It's fine. Hey, um, man, I'm all for it. Been a goals fan since day one. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You've my got Matoma your... My jersey's in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Your Adam Lalana jersey. Um, yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, that Matoma, that Matoma goal, holy shit. It... You know what it reminded me of? I watched it, and the first thought I had was back to the the Sun v West Ham goal, oh. where he just literally runs it down the pitch. Mm-hmm. Mito- like same same exact thing. It was insane. He he gets a, he beats at least what five players. It's got to be yeah, yeah yeah. He beats three. He's still got two in front of him, and he just like he he does like a little dummy, which gave him enough time to get past the center defender. He's so just quick. Slots man. at home. He's just he's insane. He's so good, and apparently he wrote in his. Uh, so uh, we've we've talked about this previously. He did that university, he did like that college dissertation on dribbling, oh. and he said the best dribblers don't look at the ball. And apparently, there's a line in there that says, "Why would I need to look at the ball? I know where it is." And I was like, "Well, that's <laughs> it's easy to say." <laughs> uh, that's cool. But I love that. Yeah, no, I mean the dude is just he. How much do you think Chelsea buys him for? Ah, uh, two hundred mil. Uh, they need they need some wingers. So um, no, he's like twenty five. So uh, I think they'll give him a cut rate price of one hundred and five mil. Um, yeah, I, it's just they're, they're recruiting. Uh, Inciso looked really good, or Enciso looked really good as well. Evan Ferguson. It's just that that team, man. That team. I'm 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 scared for uh, for the top four for all top four teams because they look uh, they look like they're ready to to go after it. Um, I want to get on to another over performing team here though um i don't know if they're necessarily overperforming and i want to so do we take brentford's success for granted do i think this is twofold us and then twofold brentford fans so a bit of context here is brentford hadn't been in the top division for 75 years until they got back into the premier league they were Largely a League One, League Two team for most of it. In the mid 2010s, they get Dean Smith as a coach for three years, and they said, "I can't handle this mediocrity. Bring in Thomas Frank." 
and then Thomas Frank takes him up. But he's still been leading the team. They do really well against the top six. But, I mean, they struggle to make consistency. I don't know. Do you... Nobody nobody likes to play Brentford. No. I, at least the, the, the top team. Like, I... It's just, it, it always confuses me because they always show out for the big games. And they're yeah. playing them at home is horrible. I Not fun. No, not fun at all. But they're just, they capitulate and they end up mid team. When we were doing pick'ems last year, it was always like the first half of the season. It was, I was very like, back and forth. Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, you got to pick Brighton. No, <laughs> I mean, they struggled. And so, yeah. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? I I mean, I think... I don't think, and I think I said this when we did our preview, I don't think they're going to do as good. I, I think we absolutely, in, in, to answer your question first, I don't think, I think we do take their success for granted. Um, I've been high on, on the bees for probably. Oh, your whole two, life. Your whole life. Two seasons. Yeah. yeah big, yeah. big goals, big bees fan, yeah. you know, yeah. um, Aston Villa is a great team too, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but but um, now I think we definitely take it for for granted. I mean, they have. I would I would say they've overachieved. I would say they've overachieved uh, for a while now, and I I could still I could see them making Europe. I it, to just kind of wrap it up. I see them going into Europe. They have they don't even have Tony right now. Once Tony comes no, back, man. Back in January, yeah. Yeah. He comes back against us. If we don't sign him and he stays with them, you know, we're we're talking about a pretty solid team, I think. At least in terms of, you know, maintaining their level. Um Yeah, I mean to, to be honest, and but if they don't make Europe, is that a failure on their season? It's I think that's that like cuz if if they don't make Europe, do you consider do you think that's a failure of their season? So, I personally don't. I'm not as invested as as a Brentford fan, though. If if I'm a Brentford fan, I see making Europe as maybe the next step. You know. Yeah, but like so so, and this is I I also agree that I don't think it's a failure if or if they don't make Europe. I I think as long as they stay mid table and they keep getting results against the top six, I think they're yeah. I think they're loving life, and I think that's shown out by. Still prudent spending. Thomas Frank giving him the contract extension. I think they're they they're thriving, and I think it's because of of the shaky nature with which Brentford has lived for a while. Especially if they keep beating London teams. Like yeah. I think that's what they're up. That's a and good. I, I don't want to speak for a Brentford fan. Like obviously, I I don't know any personally, either in the U.S. or or in in Europe, but. For a team with this is their first time being back in the top flight since, you know, in 75 years. That's insane. I think they're a bit undershadowed by Brighton and just this sheer amount of, like, crazy success that Brighton is experiencing. I'd agree with and that, the, yeah. Very similar teams in terms of their rise. Yeah, in terms of their rise and, like, their their data-driven recruitment, their ability to take down big teams. And yet Brighton's still just taking it to another level on like on a level that I would not have, you know, expected. Um, I put and- that little caveat about the fan in there because I, I do think there are going to be fans that see that as a failure failure if they don't just the yeah. nature of, of fandom right now is like th- th- there's no patience, you know, there's no patience and they're going to want to see progress, tangible progress, even if it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it's got to be, uh, you got to see it at the table. I yeah. Guess. But what is, what is the end goal for them? You know? And I feel like the goalposts always move with something like this. We've talked about it in terms of rocket league, you know, where like what, if you were able to show and, and in anything really, when you're starting something out for the first 10 hours of doing something you're like oh i want to be able to do that if i could do that then then i love it and then once you get you know like a thousand hours into something and you you're still like maybe not happy with where you're at but if you were to show the advancement that you made to the person you know at 10 hours you'd be like oh all right but yeah and so i think that still applies here um that like 
do they, they continue as a, just being in the Premier yeah. League? Yeah, do like do they do they reach a point where they're bored or are tales like when Leeds collapsed in the early 2000s and stuff like that? Like, are they are they wary about flying too close to the sun? Are they pretty comfortable with where they're at right now? So I, I don't think we're going to answer this question right now. I think it was just something that that I was curious about, but I, I wanted to give Brentford a bit of a shout because, you know, they came up at a very similar time as Brighton. Uh, maybe not. I think they came up a bit later, but Brighton's just okay. done so well that that Brentford's story still needs to be. Uh, People need to talk about the birds and, and the, the bees, bees, you know, you know, and the bees. Don't forget about the bees. Take a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's get into um, the Liverpool Bournemouth game. Uh, let's start off totally on... justified. <laughs> let's let's start off on the big talking point from this game. Um, all right, red card, yes or no? <laughs> I want to say yes, just for the just for the sake of discussion, to be honest. But well, no. you'd lose all credibility because it's obviously not a red card. I want so. credibility, man. What yeah, credibility? yeah. <laughs> no, I said no. I didn't think in the moment. I was like, I was watching the replay. The only basis you give a red card there is is on the studs being up but I don't think it was malicious. Yeah, and so so I also don't think it was a red card, and neither does the independent regulatory body who uh, oversaw the appeal because they revoked the three-match ban for it. Um, I I don't think it was a red. I think it was a yellow. Um, but I also, everyone calling out VAR is not using they're they're targeting the wrong thing they're scapegoating something and they shouldn't they should just throw it up as a bad decision by the um ref because it wasn't a clear and obvious error well, me in and enough, people pointing at var and saying it's var that that caused that they're saying why didn't var overturn it oh i see i see and I like there's no way it was getting overturned by VAR because it's not a clear and obvious error. Like in any other if if that was a light 50-50 that Alexi McAllister was just a bit late getting to but they were both just trying to like just hit the ball lightly. They weren't trying to like kill each other. If Alexi McAllister comes in with a ton of force into there and tries to beat him to it, misses it, and then get studs on the calf like that. Yeah, it's a red card. But that wasn't what happened. So I think the level of force, in it, the ref needed to use discretion here. And the ref did not use any level of discretion. Didn't use any level of, of thinking about the actual situation. Just was a robot, read it by the absolute letter of the law. Even just ignoring the level of force side of a red card. And, and gave it to him. Um, intent, I think, intent should be factored in. Because I, I, I kind of that's that's where you're kind of going with that, right? I mean, force obviously is one, but like intent, like it was clear that that was not. I mean, even even if it's a fifty and you're like swinging like crazy and you're out of control, you should still get a red card for it. But he wasn't like it, it was. It was not anything awful. Like it was a yellow card, but it was it like. Yeah, it's it's just. I just don't think it was. I don't think I. I can understand why VAR didn't overturn it. I was massively shocked that it did not turn, or that the three three game ban got returned or overturned. But the ref needed to use a bit more discretion there. Um, what do you think about the performance? Other than that, you know, obviously absolutely that was a big horrible start. Uh, <laughs> we had one goal scored on us in the first like two minutes uh, that was overturned. Uh, because of offside, I think it was the first minute, and then we had uh, the their goal scored in the first in in the third minute after Trent bottled his first touch in the midfield, and then defending absolutely fell apart. But then we locked down the we locked down Brentford pretty well um, and played played pretty well, and I think people would have felt pretty good about the game if they didn't have the red card leaving a sour taste in their mouth. I think people feel better about it now, now that the three-game ban isn't up. Or, but Dominic Savazlai is great. He looked really good. He looked really good, and he's going to continue to look really good. I am super 
in on him right now. Cody Gakpo in the midfield, not a good look. We need to really? stop doing that. We need to stop doing that. He was not involved at all. He, his pass map is horrible. He's It's not working. We can't have him coming out of the midfield. I'm hoping Wataro Endo gets uh, ramped up, and then we can move Dominic and Alexi both up at, as the two eights. Yeah. Um, I thought Luis, Luis Diaz looked really good. Oh, too. my God. It's so good to have him back. I we yeah, he was so sorely I I wonder what our season would have been like last year with with him in the mix. I don't think we challenged for the title, but I think we're I think we're in Champions League. I mean, he's just he is such an electric talent. He he genuinely so can quick, make man. He's so quick. He's got great vision. He's his dribbling ability is is incredible. Um no, he's anyone anyone who was in for him uh, should probably be uh, fuming right now that they didn't end up with him. And uh, I'm not that. Thank, uh, thank God. We, we, we drove up the price. We did it on purpose. We didn't. Yeah. Want it. Yep. Uh huh. Um. Because you know what Daniel Levy loves doing is looking like a mug. So, um, getting mugged. Hey, up. Um, I'm not gonna defend Dan Levy. <laughs> Danny. Danny. Sorry, Danny. Danny. Yeah. D money. Yeah, D money. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think Liverpool. I'm I'm still not convinced by the shape. I'm still not convinced by the shape. I think, especially that the fact that we still have Robertson making long runs along the left side, so then that leaves two defenders covering a really high line. I don't know, man. I we'll see. We'll see what the rest of the season brings. Um, but in terms of Bournemouth, I'm curious about Bournemouth because we talked about. We talked so Bournemouth have lost their first two games, and the West Ham one that can be a bit hard up about. They they on another day they come away with that three points from that. Um, their run of fixtures now is really tough. It is Tottenham, Brentford, Chelsea, Brighton, and Arsenal. Yikes. Yikes. That is frightening. At at best, I see I see a draw against Brentford and Chelsea. I could see them taking points off of Brentford and Chelsea. I could see them taking points off of Tottenham too, but that's because like Tottenham We'll get into Tottenham here in a second, but um, we'll see. I I think I could see them taking points off Tottenham, Brighton, and Arsenal. I mean, I I don't, I don't know Arsenal. Arsenal. They, they look the same. They close. They do not look the same. Arsenal closed out that game well uh, under ten men, but uh, there's there's a couple of things that. Uh, I Brighton Brighton are the most convincing out of those. Um but I mean they could get points out of three of those games, but I still I wouldn't be surprised if they came out zero points from those games and then and then where do we sit? You know, are they still gonna give Iraola a leash? You know? Uh do you oh, think man. do you think cause Andone Iraola is a project manager. He said from the beginning of the season that it's gonna take time to implement the system. Do you think we see them change managers um, in that five-game stint. I mean, he, he can say whatever he wants at the top of that podium, but it's really what the club club says. So, you know, I don't know if if they brought him in, if they brought him in to you know rebuild. I think they give him the leash, but it's American management now, correct? They made that switch last. Yeah, they Bill got Foley, last season. the guy the yeah. guy who runs um, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So I don't know, man. Anything could happen. They could pull the trigger uh, at, at the end of the the Arsenal game after it's you know four zero. So who knows? I it probably, I I I really do think, and this is the final take I have on it. If if they brought him in to rebuild, they'll let him do it. I think it depends on how badly they lose these games. I mean, if they lose really badly in these games, then. Um, but I think I think they stick with him. This guy got Rio Vicano on a shoestring budget into Europe, so. Um, I think they, good 
Yeah, I think they back him uh, pretty well. And they just brought in a great holding midfielder, uh, one Tyler Adams, insert eagle screech, uh, <laughs> has been brought in from Leeds uh, to help keep him up. So he's, uh, I think he still might be injured, but I'm hoping uh, we get to see, we get to see some good stuff from him. Okay, uh, let's move on. We've been teasing one part of this, and uh, yeah, Tottenham, Man United. What a game. What a game. What a game. What a Beautiful. Game. Gorgeous. Uh, I genuinely don't think I've ever heard Tottenham Hotspur Stadium be that, like... That's what it felt like saying. It felt like a weight lifted off of everyone's shoulders. <laughs> like, it was... It's like the team did a lap of honor after the end of the game. Like, yeah, Dude, Tim we won Spears. the league last week. Yeah, what are you talking, talking about? about Tim, Sp- <laughs> Tim Spears was leaving, and he's talking about people celebrating in the streets and stuff like that. It's like, I, I don't know, no, but man. like, do you think it's just like, like, I don't know, how are you feeling about it? It was a good game. I really like, honestly, that was some of the best and most entertaining football I've seen Spurs play. Um, and it's really encouraging to see that so fast under Ange. I'm Sar almost had two. I mean, I know he got the one, but Sar he almost had two. So good, man. I could go on and on. Sar looked good, but Suma was incredible as James like, freaking Madison. I mean, James Basuma Madison is the key. James Madison <laughs> is insane. I mean, He's genuinely, so the fact that you got him for essentially thirty million and Harry yep. Winks yep. is criminal. <laughs> criminal money management but um yeah no man it looked great pedro poro looked all right still a defensive liability for sure um destiny udogi looked good you know mickey vanderven is an insanely talented center back he looked really good except for the fact that anthony um shot where it hit the post like anthony is the the most predictable winger in the yeah. league and like not in, like like it's not like it's not like you can predict what he's doing and you can't prevent it no it's very easy to prevent literally just send him <laughs> down the way like give him all the space in the world send him to the byline and he still managed to get van de Ven on but i think that's van de Ven maybe being 22 and well so that's part of it i think but then also i heard that uh this was just because you're not the first person who's brought that up um what uh, he caught a number of people uh, offsides with the upsides trap in that game as well. So there was a there was a, a theory yeah, that he was yep. maybe trying to do the same thing there, and it just it just didn't work that time. But uh, he got um, I think it was Bruno and maybe Varane is not Varane. No, that was a corner. There was one other time. I'm not sure. I'd have to mm-hmm. go back and look. But anyway, potentially by design. But still, great great performance from him. And I mean, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Sar, great great run into the box to finish that mm-hmm. one off. Um, Kulisevsky looks good. I will Kulisevsky say, Sun did not look that good. And no. Richarlison did not look good either. Uh, Richarlison, yeah, I'm still waiting on Richarlison. I I think Richarlison's problem is a lot of a lot of a, a more of a service issue, if I'm going to be honest. He yeah. had a few chances, but like they are not it, they're not they're not looking for him in the box and yeah i think we need to, to provide i mean him d- a against brentford he was literally getting double covered i don't know what the coverage looked like in the, the he could have had game he could have had a couple against manu uh to wrap it all up this is just kind of my overview real quick on spurs performance i am cautiously optimistic it was encouraging but again man united have really looked like shit recently so i'm not putting too much faith in it I will say that that men you kind of had everything not go their way this game. I mean, not 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 no no. That's giving them too much leeway. They were bad this game, and they deserved it. But Bruno Fernandez, if Bruno Fernandez puts that one header away, Anthony finishes the one chance that someone actually gave him. Um, instead of just that being was, useless on the wing, I it's just like. Both of those, maybe it's a different game, but um, no, they definitely deserve to win that game, um, or they definitely deserve to um, lose that game. So, man, like Tottenham, it, like literally everyone and their mothers 
was talking about Tottenham having a slow start to the season and then ramping up towards the second half of it. <clears throat> that was a tight game, that one. But, I mean, four points from two. And, and then the next four, four points four, out of man? six. Yeah, four points out of out of six in the first two games under age. Without, Dormit. yeah, you go. Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield, man. I mean, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could be sitting really pretty over the over yeah. those next four games. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I mean, I think I think Ange has turned uh, Spurs Stadium into into a into a fortress. I that that stadium was rocking. It. Come on, you Spurs! Still sounds like a funeral dirge, but you had people <laughs> singing his name. It sounded a lot more like a party, party atmosphere. Um, okay, I was trying to think of what they possibly could have been singing. How do you put Angie's name? Like, because um, I, I didn't hear it. Oh, 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 oh Ange Pasta Coglu. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That's what it was, because I on a podcast I, I forget what podcast it was, but yeah, it was like oh oh. I was hoping for something a little more creative. Honestly. No, no, I mean, I, it's I would I would argue that it is you get props enough for fitting Ange Postacoglu into a song, because that. Do you remember the? Um, do you remember the Brighton Brighton and Hove Albion conversation that we had? You're just a shit. Brighton of Albion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I that, mean, if you can fit singing that, ironically, yeah, yeah, you can just if you can fit that into anything, then uh, or if you can fit Ange Postecoglou into something, then you get the credit. Um, I want to shit on uh, Man United for a bit. I want the shot of oh, Freud. Um, by all means. So you had two people in this game. Uh, you had Anthony for a hundred million. You had Mason Mount for sixty million euro. You had Jaden Sancho come off the bench, which was 100 million euro. Um, you had Lissandra Martinez, uh, who was, I think, 80 or something like that, score an own goal. Um, what What are the expectations for Man United this year? I, so I There was another stat that went, went along with this, that Man United against the top nine teams from last year's uh, standings were 0, 1, and 8. So that was zero wins, one draw, eight losses. Yikes. So, I mean, they I are mean, I like are they are they any better right now under Ten Hag than they were under Ole? The thing is, the the weird thing is, like I I don't think I'm alone in thinking this. They I thought they were going to be really good this year. I thought they were going to build on what they had last season with Ten Hag. I thought they were going to be good. I thought Rashford was going to keep putting them in the net like nobody's business. Um, what, like, what is what has happened? They look like a different team, and I don't. I really don't have an answer. I, I mean, literally preseason predictions. One of the one of the predictions. I think it was. It might have been the sheriff. Might have been the sheriff, Pete. The sheriff uh, put Man U at second in yeah. his table, which is which should be wild. telling in and of its own. If Pete put uh, <laughs> Man U second, then we should probably have known that they were going to capitulate. But no, they look bad. Like it's not just they're getting bad results. Their midfield is non-existent. So with so a brand Wolves, new signing, yeah. Against Wolves, they got overrun in the midfield. Against mm-hmm. us, they like they. I'm pretty sure they had a James they Madison, had a man, Madison all game. James Madison made Casemiro look like he was pulled out of National League. Literally. I mean, and Casemiro is they paid seventy million euro or seventy million pounds euro whatever for yeah. him last season. He's thirty one now. He's not getting any better. No, Mm-mm. and no. he looked that bad in that game and the game before. Does he turn this around? Mason Mount was completely invisible in this game against Tottenham. I mean, he did nothing. He did literally nothing. I think he got. I don't know. I don't know his total touches, but I swear, like they called his name. I heard his name maybe twice, if that. And they signed him for sixty million when he had a year left on his contract. Like they're they're not. They are 
making massive gambles and they're not they look like they're not paying off right now do you think suspenseful pause Wally burp um do you think there is any chance Eric Ten Hag is not in his seat by the end of the end of the season? Uh, it would have to go very poorly. I think things would literally have to like. Would you? Are, I, I I would potentially argue that things have been going poorly, and they're like they got the result. They got the result against Wolves barely. They really, it should have been a tie. I mean, I... I think they, it heats up. I think it heats up at, at the worst. I think worst case scenario, seat heats up. They finish mid-table, maybe? Maybe? I don't know. That's hard to even say right now. Yeah. But but if that You don't happens, spend €70 million Euro on uh, uh, Casemiro to finish mid-table. And that's fair. And that's and that's really fair. I do think that Ten Hag has been a, a like has had a good effect up until now, and I think he's bought himself a little leash. I could see him getting sacked next year if things go poorly. Okay, I think he had bought himself a leash with the fans as well. But after his outspoken support of Mason Greenwood, I think, uh, or maybe not outspoken, but but. Definitely concretely reported support of Mason Greenwood. I think any goodwill he had with the fans is out the uh, out the window. Um, we're not, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Um, I would heavily encourage anyone who can read uh, the pieces on The Athletic about uh, the Mason Greenwood situation. Mason Greenwood, who was had charges up against him for attempted rape and a uh, battery of or, or domestic abuse um, was going to be let back into the Manchester United team until the athletic and Adam Crafton and specifically re- reported on internal communications in there going as far as some of these internal communications labeling domestic abuse charities as hostile entities to the idea of Mason Greenwood coming coming back in. It's like, obviously, they're going to be hostile towards you. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit, yeah. But they have pulled a U-turn uh, on that, and he's, he's not coming back into the team. They're not letting him go. He's still going to be on the payroll, but he's not going to be reintroduced to the team. Um, the fact that it took, like, I, yeah, I guess kudos for the U-turn, but the fact that it took this long. February. I mean, it's been six months. Yeah, that's they keep, insane. My my biggest problem with this is uh, a couple of things. One one of my biggest problems is Mason Greenwood said I was cleared of all charges. No, you weren't. Charges got dropped because <laughs> your girlfriend or your your fiance's family are like gaslighting the shit out of her and forcing her into this. Like, or, or if you want to read about her family, her family are horrible people. Um, but yeah, you weren't cleared of the charges. You were char- You were like. Charges got dropped because a witness didn't want to testify, which is totally understand. Like in a in a rape case, testifying in a situation like that, cross examination can be really brutal. Um, yeah, you're not cleared, um, and especially you admit it. Like if you say you need to do better in a relationship, obviously. Somebody so needs my- to tell him to stop saying he was cleared. Like that needs to like he. I, don't I can't know believe how that was in a statement. That. I can't believe that yeah. was in a statement. You weren't cleared. Like you literally, by the letter of the law, were not cleared. Um, but then also, Manchester United in their statement said, um, they said that due to evidence uh, revealed to us uh, in our investigations, we feel that he was okay to come back to the team, and it was like okay. If you feel like that, release it. Like, put it out into the world. Yeah, because, what did you see that made you think that? Yeah, exactly. Like, because what we saw was pretty damning. Yeah, according to our investigations, which was a quick Google search, maybe. Yeah, which was <laughs> the victim 
putting pictures of herself on the internet of her bleeding from the mouth and all the bruises that she's got. Not to mention the recording. And an audio recording. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious on what evidence made them think that. But, um, yeah, I, I would say the last thing that I want to say on this, and then and then I'll pass it over to you for final thoughts, is uh, good on the Man United fan base because um, I think I don't think they make this pivot if it was not just a wholehearted, complete, and utter rebuke of and and, and just the like i'm trying to think of the word but the rejection of the idea of him coming back in was just so wholehearted from their fan base that yeah there was no way it was going to be tenable to let him back in the team so good on the man united fan base for that fuck that team though and fuck good richard on- arnold fuck the blazers <laughs> fuck that team good on the fans honestly good on the athletic too for kind of making yes. it a more transparent situation and getting that info out there i think that was a big part of it honestly i i would have like I, in a scenario where that that story doesn't get written and the information doesn't get out mm-hmm. less pressure from the public because less information yeah they could easily re, like just bring him back in they could have yeah and then what is that like what does that say about like what does that say to all the young kids watching this about what they can do to women you know it's exactly. it's just it's disgusting it's 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 a good that's probably some of the best like like adam crafton did a lot of good journalism during the world cup but that's going to be i think that's going to be top of 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 the impact that 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 had um going forward i now i the last the actual last thing i'll say on this i hope mason greenwood gets support and proves that he can be a better human being and better to the women in his life. Because we, especially when it comes to something like this, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do and your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Your actions coming out of it. So I hope he can change for everyone involved. Um, okay. And I hope he can change for himself and for the people around him and not change just so he can kick a ball really well. Uh, amen. Okay, um, let's move on to more fun stuff. So Pep was quoted this week as saying, if I spent what Chelsea spent, you would kill me. And I was curious about this because um, obviously Pep is is it's a little known secret. Uh, I'll let you in on an insider secret here. Um, Manchester City is owned by the UAE. The, the nation state and uh, are a part of this project called uh, yeah are, are sp- using it to sports wash and make themselves seem uh, more appealing to the western world um, and they're doing so by pumping a lot of money into a team so but Chelsea is also spending a lot of money so let's go over the numbers real quick so Sheikh Mansour took over um, Manchester City in 2008 and so in the three years after taking over, the total net spend was 391.5 million euro. Uh, under Pep, so Pep came in in 2016-2017. Under Pep, the first three seasons were 180 million euro, 226, and 21 million euro. So that's a total of... 427 million euro over three seasons or that would be 400 million euro over two seasons under Bowley Tottenham have spent or not Tottenham uh, under Bowley Chelsea have spent 673 million euro in two full seasons that's net spend that's with all of the outgoings as well as the incomings that is disgusting a little more than couch change yeah yeah that is absolutely disgusting and i think i think pep has a point here to be honest (laughs) i think i think it's a fair point i think he's the wrong guy to say it yeah true (laughs) true um but yeah i i think it's i think uh big numbers man big numbers it's some really big numbers and a whole lot of good it's doing them um so chelsea they're getting relegated. So Brighton are winning the league, and Chelsea Chelsea's getting relegated. 
Uh, man use mid table. Yeah. Man use mid table. World is world is a great place. Um, so some highlights. I want to run through some audio high. I'm, I'm going to run through uh, some play by play from from this game. Three of my favorite oh, yeah. highlights. Um, my favorite highlights. So Mudrick. Or so we'll start in the 42nd minute. Enzo, the 121 million euro man, who's locked in until 2032. With the captain's armband on, uh, after uh, since Reese James is out, um, flubs a penalty to the point of, I think you you twelves could probably look at that and say I could do better than that. Um, horrible penalty. A bit later on, uh, Mudrick, the hundred million euro man who's locked in until twenty thirty, shanks a volley so bad. It lands back at the feet of the crosser <laughs> in Raheem Sterling. Um, and then to round it all off, Moises Caicedo, the 133 million euro man, gives up a clear pen with a man up. Dude, I read that and I was like, ah, oh, you couldn't write it any better. <laughs> I'm 354 million euro to lose a game to Brexit ball. Uh, and Pontius the manager god it's like Christmas oh man. my god oh my god I genuinely I was more happy with this law like with Chelsea losing this than I was in Liverpool one this is amazing oh, it's uh, I, I like I so I watched most of this game Chelsea looked really good in the first half after West Ham got that first goal like I was like, there's no way West Ham win this game, and then just something happened in the second half. Like I think I think that penalty miss really screwed them. Screwed them, yeah. Yeah, like in that, I think it definitely messed with Enzo. But yeah, they just they absolutely lost it. They could not break down um, West Ham at all. And it's like I guess you gotta you gotta spend more. I heard a Chelsea podcast earlier this week, unironically saying, "Do we need to go back into the market?" <laughs> unironically or ironically? Unironically, because oh my God. well, because the thing is, they they have Nicholas Jackson who had a bad miss as well in that game, and he had some bad misses against Liverpool as well. Everyone talks about his hold up play and everything; it's really good, but. You kind of need to score. Um, their backup to him was Mason Burstow, a prospect that they bought from Charlton Athletic in League One. Oh. Well, so, there, yeah. There's your solution right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you've spent – you have two midfielders for a combined 250 million euro, and your striker option – your second striker option is – League One prospect Mason Burstow. Granted, they still have Lukaku on the payroll, but I mean, <laughs> like that. Oh my god, that is hilarious! That makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. Uh, I wish I could have seen. Uh, I wish I could have seen Spitz for this game. I, I, I really I, wanted to see his reaction. I mean, I'm sure he was going absolutely nuts. Um, I I actually don't know what he would have been like because I think this locks Moyes in for I think this gives Moyes a lot of goodwill that combined with the Europa Conference League uh, trophy I think he's got a lot of goodwill right now. Um, I don't know if there's anything that could save him except for maybe a. Uh, no, a, I mean I think he's gone gone at the end of the season, but I don't think they get rid of him anytime sooner, especially if they're pulling out results like that. Um, Talk about that addition they made. I hey. I'm not done shitting on Chelsea. Oh, okay, uh, we're not done. Yet. We're not um, done. I know we talked we talked about Ten Hag. We talked about Andone, Iriola. Is there a situation where Poch doesn't make it to the end of the season? Yes, oh, I think there definitely God. is. I think there definitely is. I I don't know how much. I don't know. I I don't know how much Chelsea has embraced him yet and if things continue to go poorly I could definitely see that Chelsea's not a club to wait around they've got but they've got so many young signings locked up for eight years yep 
Plus, I mean, they've got a they've got 170 million pounds locked up for the next six seven years but, at least. But let's let's go back. Let's go back to you were asking me about um, I, I what's his name again? Iriola. Yeah, Iriola. Yeah, Iriola. You were talking to me about him. You were asking me if you see him getting sacked, and the one thing that to me says no is that it is a there's a clear understanding that this is going to be a rebuild potch they just spent so much money they they brought in young talent with the understanding that if there was going to be a rebuild like if you even want to call it that it was going to be a pretty quick turnaround I, that's the way I see it, at least. If you're spending that much money, you have a certain, you know, there's a certain uh, urgency of a rebuild that you you kind of put on that along with that price tag. And so that's that's the reason I see him him being more at risk. Um. Well, and I would also probably say on top of this that I like so Grand Potter was supposed to be the the head of this project. Clearly, that didn't work. I think Potch is more aligned with the project that they're trying to do, uh, especially after what he did at Tottenham. But if things... I think they'll improve. I don't think they're going to... I'm more worried about uh, Man U than I am then, to be honest. But um, if Chelsea don't improve and they're sitting around... Like, they're sitting around the lower Europa League spots slash out of them, I could see the fan base cannibalizing them. Yeah. 100%. I don't think they get rid of Potch until it's like really, really bad. And I could see it getting really, really bad. They finished, they finished what? Uh, what did they finish last season? Jesus. Uh, it was, it was like what? Ninth. They were down there. No, they were 12th. 12th. Even worse. So, yeah, they so. Were 12th. Yeah, two bad seasons for Chelsea. Like they took that they took that season hard after all I, of I, that spending. Yeah, exactly. I don't think yeah if it goes poorly, the fans will turn. Absolutely. I think the fans have already turned on Bowley. To be honest, I mean, I I just don't really? think I don't think. Oh, I mean, I just don't think there's any any goodwill held towards him. Um, but. We will see what uh, what ends up happening. It might be a ploy because uh, they can't uh, line up with UEFA um, FFP rules. So maybe they're like, all right, we don't want Europe anyway. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy because they've got all these people locked up for so long. And I just uh, – we talked about this last week. Like, I, I don't know how you sell someone who's not performing on a six-year contract. I mean, like, Mudrick, Mudrick, what if Mudrick doesn't get better? What if Mudrick is just wasting Mudrick. away? And then he's like, and then he's stuck in a contract there until 2030. If he doesn't yeah. want to leave, he doesn't have to leave. Maybe you can send him on loan with a bit of his wages taken care of. But I mean, still with, a lot. with what they're paying him. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fancy accounting, but then you're still still you, stuck with him. You like this has a, a real potential to implode. Yeah, that's on top of the new players you have to bring in yeah. to play in his stay. Yeah. No. So I I think this has a real chance to implode, and I want to see it happen. Um. <laughs> yeah. Let's we we I, I I we've we've crapped on them enough. Um. James Ward Prowse with an assist on the first goal. I, I think he assisted the second goal as well. What a sign. Uh, amazing I mean, sign. For 30 million, they were at they were 15th last year. They're in Europa League this year. James Ward-Prowse is going to pay off that 30 million for sure. Uh, 30 million? They paid 30 million for I think a guaranteed 10 goals. Yeah. If not more. If not more, that's that's just what I see when I look at James Ward Prowse. I look at I look at ten goals, ten, twelve. You, goals you're guaranteed. paying for free kick goals and set piece goals. Yep. Like just and just assist, and he can absolutely put them out there. You play for free, set pieces when he's on the field. 
can 100 percent happen it happen so he's so good that's i'm good. curious that's about what they do in europe i mean lucas pakata that deal is now off um to man city so they'll still have him um, that's a good keep. that is a good keep michael antonio at the top at the as being the focal point i'm not necessarily how i feel about that but they got a lot of big lads so they got a lot of big lads that can get on get on in on the end of his crosses so we'll see do they still do they still have danny ings too no no i know he was he was with them he was with them last season i thought he went back to aston villa i thought he went back to aston villa he might have he just loves playing in claret and blue apparently Uh, all right yeah i wear no other he is at West Ham. Yes. Okay. So okay. That is wild. No. So all right. Let's uh, let's run through this real quick because I he definitely was at West Ham and then went somewhere. Oh no. Okay. Never mind. He joined West Ham. I think in January of last year. Um, yeah, he came in halfway through. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was at West Ham, went to Aston Villa, and then went back to West Ham. I was just uh, trying to think, like, who else they could play up there, because Skamaka got loaned out, right? Skamaka got sold. Sold. Just straight up sold. Just straight yeah, up so, sold. To so Adelaide. they've got Ings and Antonio up there? Uh, Yeah, I think... I don't know who else they have um, at that role, but... I mean, they've got the backup, and like Jared Bowen can definitely score. Bowen can score. Yeah. Bowen can absolutely score. And if they're playing on on set pieces, then I mean, like Aguerd scored the first one. Like they definitely have people who can score. Aside Ben Rama is definitely good. Ben for, Rama, yeah, yeah. Wait, is Skamaka on loan? I was just curious. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought he was on loan. I thought he got sold. I thought he got sold. Okay, maybe not. Um, okay. Um, Brexit ball. Pre- pre- Brexit ball prevails. Yeah, Brexit ball prevails. The Scottish guy leading Brexit ball. You gotta love it. Um, <laughs> going back to Chelsea, another or well, another person that El- uh, uh, Chelsea had on their radar to maybe get their uh, maybe get their money money amount or that that six hundred and seventy three million euro. Maybe they wanted it above seven hundred. Uh, yeah. Michael Elise yeah. staying with Crystal Palace. He said, I think, "Fuck you, Chelsea." Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the uh, Crystal Palace chairman Steve Parrish tweeted that he was staying. Um, the Crystal Palace um, uh, Instagram account put up a reel of Michael Elise highlights with the with a song "Chelsea Dagger." <laughs> um playing over it i i think this is this is such a great re-signing from them that is such a coup i like yeah. i i can't believe they managed to keep him locked in and they, this is going to be they great for needed, them they needed to keep him after yeah. losing uh zaha like they yes. absolutely needed that but i think and and i think this plus eberiche Eze, like b- having both of those are as as their focal points is going to be really great for them i think they're i think both of them are going to thrive with uh zaha out of the picture so i i think this is really smart from michael elise i think it's great for crystal palace and i think chelsea have looked like complete dicks here so it's the holy trinity yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they they couldn't get it done. They yeah. Couldn't get it done oh, weekend. unfortunately, yeah. No, so upset, so sad. Um. Ah. All right. Uh. Absolute last note. Uh. I have here. Um. Declan Rice. Uh. In the in the in the, uh, Crystal Palace Arsenal game. Um. Had a contact move in his eye in the game and they had to stop so he could he could realign it dude wears glasses i like what weak genetics honestly hey man it's a nice pair of glasses you got there uh no 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 i'm not talking about me no 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 i I well, I should say he wears contacts. Uh, that's weak genetics. Only only the elite wear glasses. He should I mean, break five, out the sports goggles. 
Oh, that okay. So yes. that would actually his price would go up if he broke out the sports goggles. But 105 million. This is in pounds. This one was in pounds. 105 yeah. million pounds for a guy who wears glasses. What a nerd! Interesting business. What a nerd! <laughs> I wonder what the ratio of people in the Premier League who wear contacts. I mean, I bet it's I bet it's pretty normal. Bring like, back sports goggles, man! I want Edgar Davies out there. Edgar Davis out there, fucking rocking <laughs> the sports goggles. Bring it back. Oh man, that would be something. All right, I uh, I think we have done a a a well-rounded wrap-up of the week uh ted you got anything left no no it was a good week i enjoyed it happy it's back looking forward to more we gotta get we gotta get a a weekend in person to watch some of these games at some point but uh let's uh let's yeah let's wrap it up the the email the email has changed guys it is podcast at gmail.com now and we are also the Boot and Hearth Pod on Twitch. We are also the Boot and Hearth Podcast on Discord. And you can reach us at any of those um, or here on Twitch. Either way. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Good week. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. We will catch you guys next week. All right. Bye. See ya.